I kept having this experience where I like we were in the apartment together and I'd be like doing something and Adrian would say something and I thought she was talking to me. So I'd like turn and look and realize that she was like talking to her plants. Like she really <laughs> she's I love them. Really like <laughs> lovingly talks to them. She like touches them. She whispers to them. She she knows what their preferences are. Like it's a very real situation in her apartment right now. <laughs> They're teaching me so much. They're so different from each other, but they all like to be together. So. I'm Autumn Brown, a queer science fiction writer, a theologian, a mother of dragons, and a healing justice facilitator for social movements living in rural Minnesota. And I'm Adrienne Marie Brown author of Emergent Strategy, co-editor of Octavia's Brood, writer, facilitator of Black Liberation Work, auntie extraordinaire, doula, and pleasure activist living in Detroit. And this is How to Survive the End of the World, our podcast about learning from apocalypse with grace, rigor, and curiosity. Welcome back, y'all. It's season two. We have returned. We have returned to you. We've had we've returned to each other. We are so excited to be back. We know that for some of you diehard listeners, you're like, well, you didn't really go away because you actually released two episodes during your break. But we felt like we were on break. <laughs> stop hating. <laughs> yeah, stop hating, diehard listeners. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So um, we're really excited to bring you season two. Um, And we thought that we would use this first episode of season two to kind of tee up what you can expect over the course of um, the next year of 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 shows from us, Um, kind of roughly what we're thinking about. And um, and we wanted to share with you some of the lessons that we've learned through um, the pilot season. We were very fortunate that you all really took us seriously when we said that we wanted feedback from you and you sent us beautiful feedback and gave us enormous amount of support in a lot of different ways. Um, Some of that was financial support that came through Patreon. A lot of it was social media support and people just like posting us and starting conversations about these podcast episodes. And, um, and then we got so many beautiful messages from you, um, about what this was touching in you and what kinds of conversations it was helping you to have. So we wanted to bring some of that into this first episode, um, and also talk about what this has been like for the two of us in our relationship. Um, what it has been like to be bringing our sistership into the public view in this particular way. It's going to be a sweet one, y'all. Enjoy the show. Hi, Adrian. How are you, girl? Well, I have to say I'm good. I'm pretty excited that this pilot season thing went well enough to feel like we can come back and do some more shows and people will be excited about that. Yes. <laughs> that was a relief. It was a relief that folks actually liked it. 
I know. I didn't realize I had that much feeling. I was just like, I hope people like this. Like, we're enjoying it so much. It would have been kind of disconcerting if we came back and people were like, you know, we hate it. Um, you were but, so hilarious, though. You were so nervous before every single episode was, dropped of the first season. I was so nervous. I you, was like, like, were shitting your pants every well, time. Shit my actual pants. I mean, that's a little extreme. But I did feel like... like I felt the feel. Okay, no. You know what I felt is the feeling before you shit your pants when it's like your (laughs) stomach is like (laughs) bubbling and you're like, I I better make it to the bathroom. Yeah, like don't fart now. Um, You don't, you know, because you just don't know. I mean, it's not like I have any experience with this, but I've heard from other people who have had this experience that it's like a bubbling and then don't fart. (laughs) You think it's a fart and it's not. You think it's not. But, you know, this is, it's it's getting a little gross. But, you know what, my thing is this. I really felt like there's, we're being vulnerable on this show. And... Um, it's kind of a risky thing to do, especially when we're saying like, this is how to survive the end of the world. And it's, it's vulnerability is basically like one of the main Mm. strategies that has emerged. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I I appreciated you and Zach both kind of holding my hand (laughs) and being like, it's going to be okay. Um, you know, the vulnerability is, is aligned with everything that we believe in and, um, you know, and I, I also think it's been exciting to realize that so many people are sitting with the same questions we are, because mm-hmm. I feel like we're not really coming into this as like super experts, right? Um, we're coming into this as like, we want to figure this stuff out too. And here's some of the vulnerable places that we're going in that exploration. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this, the, the piece of this that's been about like revealing to ourselves and then through that process to people beyond ourselves what some of our actual questions are underneath the questions that we thought we were asking to begin with that to me I felt like every you know in the last season anyway every conversation that we had we sort of went in with like a particular topic that we thought we wanted to talk about like I remember the the decolonize the body episode it's so funny to think back that when we sat down to record that episode you know I was sitting in my bed in July heat in Minnesota, you were sitting in your apartment in July heat in Detroit. And we went into it being like, let's talk about having like abundant bodies in the summer. And then like (laughs) the place that we actually went to in the conversation was, was much surfacing, much deeper questions than just like, how do we wear clothes? Um, so that was really beautiful. That was really, really beautiful. Um, we got some really interesting feedback from folks, some of which was just like disrupting assumptions that we had um, mm-hmm. going into the experience, some of which was like really pragmatic and useful. So, you know, an, a disruption, uh, assumption disrupting piece of feedback, for example, was that we got feedback that our voices actually do sound really different to <laughs> you all, um, which was surprising to us because we we've kind of been like, oh, we sound exactly the same. And that was yeah. really funny to realize that actually we don't. Um, so At that's all. just People some. Like, were, like very people are like, you don't sound the same at all. Um, <laughs> and um, um, but then, you know, on the pragmatic side, one of the pieces of feedback that we got was that we need to be making transcripts of the show available mm-hmm. um, for folks who are hearing impaired. And so um, that was just a, like a really great example. Like, oh, we just didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, now we're now we're actively trying to figure that out. So hopefully we will have transcripts and transcriptions of all the episodes coming soon yeah I think it was also great to get from people a little bit of like oh 
you know, we are, Autumn and I are kind of immersed in a similar world, right? Um, like we facilitate and we attend the AM Allied Media Conference and like we look at black liberation and we look at what movements are doing. And so it was good to have some folks be like, you know, make sure that you're speaking in a way that folks who are not necessarily immersed in those worlds can also really access. Um, so that feels like something that we can start to just tune into. And also you as, as listeners um, can help with, uh, you know, help with that. Like if you hear stuff that's like, wait, what is that? Like ask, right? It's very exciting to us to expose the people and places that we're working with um, and that we're excited by. Um, and sometimes we may fly through it. And then so we'll try to keep an eye out and an ear out for it. And please help us and do the same. Um, and then there were certain questions that came in that are going to actually help us shape future shows. So one of those um, was a friend asking, you know, was like, I know y'all and I know that you're not rich and that you don't like just jet set all over the place. Um, <laughs> but the way that it sounds on the show is that black fabulous life is just popping and you're going to Greece and Mexico and like some of the things that y'all are throwing out. Um, how is that landing with folks? And I was like, oh, how is that landing with folks? I don't know. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it really lifted up for us. Like we want to have really honest and transparent conversations about class, about debt, about money, about the kind of economy we want to work towards um, and about how you can be, you know, living check to check and also tapping into fabulosity and abundance. So mm -hmm. we're doing an entire episode on that this season. And we've got actually a really exciting um lineup for this second season um we are trying to do uh, a healthy balance of conversations between the two of us um and interviews with some of the folks whose work we are in conversation with or feel really inspired by um so this year you are going to hear an interview that we did with toshi reagan um, who developed the parable of the sower's opera over the last decade. Um, you'll hear an interview with Chani Nicholas, who is basically the astrologer of the social movement, <laughs> um, or is one of the astrologers that many of us who are doing social justice work actively follow and look to for a lot of wisdom. Um, there will be this conversation that we already recorded on class and money. Um, but we're also going to be diving into some more specific and practical conversations like um, actual apocalypse survival skills. You know, what are some of the things that we actually, uh, surprise, surprise <laughs> is going to be talking about apocalypse. Really? Um, <laughs> you know, um, and this is, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're not losing sight of some of the very real um, um, questions that people have around how to prepare for what's coming over the next 30 to 50 years. Um, and so we'll be having some of those conversations. Um, we're going to do a dive back into Octavia Butler's work in a more um, discreet way. We're going to be talking um, in some depth about a particular series of novels that she wrote that's called the Patternist series. Um, and we are really excited. We're going to this season be able to interview um, Moya Bailey and Ayanna Jameson, who created the Octavia E. Butler Legacy. Legacy Network. Um, and um, very, very excitingly, um, in June, we are going to be doing a live show at the Allied Media Conference in Detroit. Um, so that's just a teaser of a few things that are coming your way this year. Can I tease them a little bit more? I mean, or yeah, I like they are a giant clitoris. So let's just tease away. <laughs> You're brilliant. <laughs> oh, my God. That's definitely now what we should call this entire audience forever. 
our beloved clitoris. clitoris. <laughs> I am also wanting to tease you with some exciting things. Well, some of them are. I know, actually. Well. Well, anyway, <laughs> we're going to be talking about like elections for your clitoris. Um, <laughs> so, some of the other things that we were going to. I can't. Let's I can't. just set it it's aside. So That's too good. <laughs> Okay, I just feel like, no, it's so good that I want to put it in the center of everything. It's- as I always do. Um, so some of the other things we want to talk about, we want to um, have an episode where we talk about the upcoming elections and bring on some of the people who are helping us figure out, like, how do we as really radical people who understand that, like, everything is changing, still engage in strategic ways in these electoral processes that exist right now? Or are there strategic ways? Like, what do we need to do? So we're going to bring folks on to help us prepare for that. We want to talk seriously about how we address the crises that we're in, where we're actually, we've had several people in our community be killed, be taken out, who are doing um, organizing and radical work. And how do we orient around that? How do we properly honor the work that they're doing and continue the work that we're doing in face of the fear that might come up? Um, It does come up. We want to talk about a sanctuary species and talk to some of the folks who are helping build a sanctuary movement in this country. Um, And then we want to get into love and relationship and um, a little bit around culture and race. There's a lot of territory to cover this year, um, and we're pretty excited about all of it. And it'll, again, be a mixture of us talking and being excited and then some of the most brilliant people in the work today coming on to talk. Yeah, I mean, no matter what, like we'll be excited the whole time. The whole we time. will be excited the entire the time, entire time. <clears throat> and that's what some of y'all seem to be here for <laughs> so oh you know one thing we didn't talk to them about that you guys were so excited about um our state of inebriation during the star wars oh, episode yeah. so um we will try as much as we can to do that for you occasionally in this year when it when feels it appropriate. only when appropriate um only when it feels appropriate. It's not a good match for some of the shows, <laughs> but um, I think it could be a really sweet way to approach some of it. So, And actually, um, I think that's a good, it's kind of a good segue into the other thing that we wanted to talk about today in this, you know, opening, opening, yeah. um, was that like, there was kind of a beautiful moment that we had during that episode um, where we were like interrupting <laughs> the shit out of each other and then being a little like yeah. mutually defensive about it and and it worked yeah. out perfectly <laughs> for the episode but it's like <laughs> you know doing this I don't know how you've been feeling Adrian um but I feel like doing this show yeah. with you has been um it's been very timely in our relationship because it's really yeah. pushed us to kind of be actively navigating some dynamics that are like that are typical for any sistership, right? Um, And even in a sistership like ours, where we have been incredibly close to each other for so many years, like I really consider you one of my best friends. Um, And our work together has really spanned um, very similar territories all of that time. Um, It's been, you know, doing doing a project like Mm. this together has like pushed us to actually kind of deal with each other directly as collaborators in a way that you don't really have to do when you're just sort of like, Oh, that's my sister. And she's just always like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so it's been really good. It's been really, really good. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, just to shed some more light on like, Oh, what, what does that (laughs) look like for y'all? Um, 
I, I would say that the biggest learning for me has been like, you know, I'm your big sister and um, there's ways in which, and then I'm, I'm like Adrian Marie Brown, right? So there's ways in which like in the past, specifically maybe the last five years, um, a lot has shifted in terms of my reputation or like how known I am in the world um, through publishing and mostly through publishing stuff, you know, and, and sort of becoming more public in how I occupy space in that way. Um, but also through stuff like, you know, I'm reading tarot or I'm doing a sugar shift or other things. And one of the things that has happened is like, as that, as that bright light has sort of been shining on me, um, it's been like, oh, how do I keep making sure that people understand that like so many of those things are, they emerge from collaborations and conversations that you and I are having, mm. right? And I know that they're emerging from conversations you and I are having. I know that I'm inspired by you and learn from you and see you as a peer and have for such a long time. And But then in the public sphere, it's like, oh, how are other people going to know that? And how do we ever expose the lineages of where our ideas and thinking and, you know, <laughs> like kind of everything that shapes us? Like it's like, oh, how do I make sure that people don't just see me but actually see all the things that are shaping me? Mm. So I feel like that's been a big part of this has been like being able to sit with you and be like, you know, like let's you and I be clear that I understand how much you're shaping me and then how to bring that into the public where it's like I want everyone to understand how much you're shaping me. And I think the thing that you don't know is that most of the time if I introduce you and April actually to other people, I'm just like my sisters are the most brilliant, badass people Aww. in the world. And like that's how I think of y'all is like these are my my woes and my confidants and these are the people who flank me no matter what I feel like I've been able to be such a brave queer person because of y'all you know there's just so many ways in which I both learn and feel loved and protected by y'all and held accountable um but then that's not always something I'm going to run back and be like hey um you 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 right so I think that's been a big part of what this process has been unveiling is like now everyone can kind of see the camaraderie and how brilliant you are and how much we're shaping each other and together shaping worldviews and our family and other things. Yeah, yes. And, it, you know, it has been a real interesting dynamic to navigate in our relationship over the years because you are my big sister and, you know, you're five years older than me. And so it's like... I'm so you, old. No, girl. you're not that old. Um, <laughs> 40 is the new 20. Um, <laughs> but I think that there's... there we've, we've always been in kind of this interesting, like, big sister, little sister, yeah. but also we're kind of peers dynamic with each other um and and best friends dynamic with each other and and it is true and it also gets flipped so much because you have all the grown-up experiences right (laughs) because I'm like the one who has like three children and I own a house and like blah 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 and so like there is a little bit of conflate like you know that being in situations together where people will often automatically assume that I'm the older one and that's just a funny dynamic too to deal with um but I do think that like you know for you're right that in the last few years some things have shifted as your reputation has grown and I've had to sort of navigate that space of how am I sitting with this piece of work that you are holding really publicly that I know that we were holding together right and yes and for me it's been good it's been a good part of my own growth around like my like deepen like deepening my practice of humility and like figuring Mm. out like where is it that I do need recognition in my life and where is it that I don't need recognition actually and where is it that like 
it's actually enough that anyone is getting recognition for this. And it's especially the, it's like ideal for that person to be you. Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't necessarily, like, I don't necessarily need to be caught up in that um, versus where the places where I do feel like I like I need to I need to be in the mix there too um, and I think it, it sort of lifts up a broader conversation that I think is happening across a lot of social movement spaces right now I'm thinking particularly within the healing justice movement spaces that I'm a part of but I think it's true in yeah. a lot of places where like um, that there there's a broader conversation always at play around lineage and how do we claim lineage how do we name lineage and how yeah. and also like how critically important it is to name that while also always creating space for new people to come in and be able to also own whatever work is happening and it's a really mm. challenging it's really challenging in the age of social media because so yeah. many, so many more people can claim things that they may or may not have a right to claim. Right. So we see that in the black yeah. lives matter movement all the time where there's like a particular black dude in this country who continues to be yes. named as like a black lives matter co-founder. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Like there's, and yet, and yet, and yet right. And there's, so there yeah. are these dramas that are kind of unfolding within our movements around like who gets to be claimed or who gets to claim pieces of the work. Um, and then it's particularly challenging when it, when it plays out in, in relationships where there's real intimacy like ours. Um, and, exactly. and I think you're right that like doing this project together has actually helped the two of us confront that and say, we get to decide the, the, the terms of this together. We don't have yeah. to be, we don't have to be performing any particular way of being beyond the way we want to be in relationship with each other. And even that in yeah. and of itself is actually modeling the world that we're trying to build. Right. Which is like this, exactly. like identity doesn't have to be performance. Relationship doesn't have to be performance. Like none of yeah. this has to be performance, even though like it's a podcast and technically we are kind of performing right now, but it's fine actually, because, <laughs> because we yeah. know, because well, we know that who that's, we are yeah. to each other. Well, and I would say a couple of things there. Like, I mean, one is I think what's been refreshing for me is how little I feel performance in the process of this right like I, I even thought it would be a little bit more like I have to pull my thoughts together or whatever but I think because it's us um, I tend to not do that and I think that might even contribute to why I feel nervous <laughs> you know why I have felt nervous when the show comes out because I'm like oh this was a private conversation that Autumn and I had and now everyone's gonna hear <laughs> um, you know it but I also I'm like I'm so excited to be sharing that level of vulnerability with people that I feel mm. like is maybe only possible because it's us. Um, and then the thing I would say about that of like, Oh, who gets credit and how do we handle that gracefully? Um, it's so, it, you know, I'm just like, Oh, it feels like so easy. It's just like you name people, right? You just say, Oh, this, but then I think there's also recognizing, you know, so there's been times when I've been like, I remember when we started the sugar shift Facebook page or whatever. And I was like, look, autumn did the sugar shift. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now I'm going to do it. And y'all want to do it, <laughs> you know? And there's something about like, it's not enough to name it just one time either. Right. Like if something starts to pick up and starts to escalate, starts to go to another level, mm -hmm. um, there's different ways of naming. And, um, I think 
that part of being responsible in how we're shaping the future is understanding that there's a reason why some people get uplifted and there's a reason why some people get um, cast into the shadow. And it's like anytime a light is being shined oh. on something, then that something is casting a shadow, right? And that's not necessarily because it's like I'm trying to cause harm, but it's just like the nature of light and darkness, right? So I think there's something really interesting about like, oh, how do I make sure I keep rotating and orbiting and getting out of the way? You know, the moon is full <laughs> twice a month. You're like, wait, whatever. what <laughs> happened to the moon? I'm like, okay, what I'm thinking of is new moon, full moon, new moon, full moon, right? It's like the moon. Okay, we're going to just have to... This is literally how my little brain works. I was like, wait, what's up with the moon that I have tattooed on my back? Um, how does it work? Keep going. But <laughs> what I was going to say is that the moon is full all the time, yes. right? And then it's just that the earth moves in front of it and gets, you know, it's just like, oh, while the earth is moving in front of it, it appears that you've got a half moon, crescent moon, little new moon, whatever, but that's just an illusion. It's like the moon is always there, always the same size. And I'm like, oh, the moon is in this situation. It's like, oh, the moon is like, like I think of it as like, you're not necessarily even thinking about is all this light shining on me equally. You're like, I'm raising children right now. Like I'm doing some other shit that's actually more right. important to right. me than like the number of likes on Instagram. But when the, when it's also time for that narrative to get shared, it's like, oh, how do we make sure that the light is shining very clearly and uh, honestly authentically on the narrative and on the story of what happened so I feel like it's something that I want you and I to continue to be in conversation around and continue to be challenging the norms around because I do think like when I think about the world that we're trying to build I want it to be one where we don't just say you know what this is the way it is like men get more credit than women and you know, people who have a lot of time to build their social capital get more time, you know, get more attention than folks who don't really have that. Or people who, um, you know, I mean, this is always the thing, right? It's like folks who are light skin get right. more attention easily and credit than folks who are dark skin. Like there's just like these these things that like people try to act like they don't exist. And it's like actually it exists, not only does it exist, it's like a it's glass ceilings all over the place. And how do we keep moving through it? And yeah, so, and, and those are all things I want us to keep talking about, but I think for this season coming into it, I wanted to ask you kind of openly here, is there anything else I can be doing in terms of, of how we are navigating this public and shared space? Um, is there anything more I can do? Well, that's a really great question. I mean, I actually feel like we achieved a really sweet balance, um, in the fall. I think that like, I think the main thing that you can do um, for me is be attentive to the fact that like my life really does operate on a very different schedule than yours does. Um, yeah. And I have a lot less like um, just by nature of like, you know, having children in my house, I have a lot less time that's like I just have a lot less access to quiet. Um, and uh -huh. that means that uh -huh. like I need support around like proactively planning for recording time. Um, mm. And so I think maybe taking some more leadership and ensuring that we're planning those times out, like bringing your like organizer mentality to how we schedule this would be really supportive to me. Um, because like I, I definitely yeah. noticed in the, just in the last couple of weeks, like trying, or just in the last week, trying to pull together the, um, 
the episode honoring Ursula K. Le Guin that just like under that time crunch that we were under, which I, I'm glad that we put it out the way we did, but it was really interesting yeah. to notice that like, wow, like I don't, I don't have the ability most weeks to like within the span of a few days, find time to quietly record something like the yeah. conditions have to be just right <laughs> in order for yep. me to be able to spontaneously record. Um, and that was good for me to notice that like when we want to be more responsive, that that's something that's like going to be more challenging for me um it's great so you know mostly it's just like I want I want you to be aware of that and to maybe be like uh attentive to that and like proactive around that part of like my sort of like life uh lifestyle choice barriers yes <laughs> uh, life parenting parenting is barriers. a lifestyle <laughs> choice um yes. And let's not forget that is an actual this lifestyle choice. It's an actual lifestyle choice, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh my God! I want to tell our listeners before I ask you the same question. I do want to share with our listeners that I was recently visiting Adrian in Detroit, and um, <laughs> like I have to tell people because it's so sweet and it's something that I think that people maybe wouldn't expect about you. But I kept having this experience where I like we were in the apartment together, and I'd be like doing something, and Adrian would say something, and I thought she was talking to me, so. I'd like turn and look and realize that she was like talking to her plants. Like she really, <laughs> she's I love them. really like <laughs> lovingly talks to them. She like touches them. She whispers to them. She, she knows what their preferences are. Like it's a very real situation in her apartment right now. Um, <laughs> but teaching it was me so much. Beautiful. They're so different from each other, but they all like to be together. So and I was like, like, it was so funny because like after you left for the weekend and I was still staying in your apartment, like I started talking to them, but in kind of like a resigned sort of like, <laughs> I know that y'all like to be talked Don't to. Don't be so. stingy with that love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was really hilarious. So I would like to ask you the same question in return. As we move into season two, mm. is there anything that I can do that can support you in our relationship and in this collaboration that we're doing together oh, that's a good question uh you know I um I mean I think one thing is to keep me um in touch with that light shadow dynamic because I can't really see it right um like for me I'm just like the same person that I was five years ago with maybe more emotional depth and like a little bit more healing um but I don't have this experience of like, um, oh, more people are paying attention to you, right? Like whenever that happens mm -hmm. or whenever I notice little things, love, little indications of that happening, I'm, I'm always surprised. Like I, I haven't gotten used to that in some way. Um, and it's not necessarily what I want to happen. I like, I'm really excited about mm. people being excited about these ideas. Um, but I'm less into the idea of people being like, Adrian, 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 <laughs> right? Like I'm like, I... I, yeah, so that part is really helpful for me to just be like, hey, um, this is how this is showing up, or did you notice this, right? Mm. Um, and just staying transparent with me, because I think the hardest thing for me is to feel like there's something going on and I don't know, right? There's something happening yeah. or I'm yeah, having like an impact. Or, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm a Virgo. I want the honesty. Like I'm just like, tell me the truth. And, you know, I'm a... Um, like, mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of perfectionism in my system at this point. Like, I think it's mostly been worn down by the reality of who I am. But I do feel like... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, well, that's not who I, that's not what I got. Um, but I do feel like I, I want to achieve whatever level of perfection is available in love and in relationship. Right. So like mm. with you and with April, um, I want to be as perfect of a sister as I can be like with mom and dad, I want to be as perfect of a daughter as I can be. Um, and you know, just be like as, as loving and as attentive and, um, as self-aware as I can be with you all. Um, cause I really do think that like both, both because it's like, this is the life we have and you all are my people and you're so important to me and I don't want to lose you all in any way. Um, but then mm-hmm. I also think mm-hmm. for what, again, the world we're trying to build, it's like the most valuable resource is each other. And so the thing that we should be trying to get so great at is loving each other and being with each other. So, it feels like yeah. the apocalypse skill set that I'm most interested in and it feels like in my life, it just increases my quality of life so much to be in right relationship with y'all. So it's so beautiful. I love what you just said, especially like the the piece that you said about it's the apocalypse skill that I feel most yeah. interested in. And that immediately made me think that like it's also one of the only apocalypse skills that's like actually available to everyone exactly. to cultivate. At At all all times, times, right? right? (laughs) Like not everyone's going to be able to learn how to grow food or start a fire, but like everyone can learn how to be the best like loved one and beloved that they can be. And that's a beautiful intention to have. Yeah. And then to grow that, right? It's just like, oh, when I meet people, like how do I, instead of coming from, you know, what our system currently teaches us, which is like, how am I better this person or how can I critique this person or how, you know, like how can I other this person? It's really like, how can I love this person? And like that love might look like an, you know, moving into some intimate closeness or it might just be like, I love you. You get to be on this planet. I get to be on this planet. You know, it's right. all good. Right. <laughs> like there's multiple ways. I to love do you it, best right? by walking away. <laughs> right? I mean, like, you know, you were, you were talking about this earlier for black lives matter, but it's just like, there's a lot of folks. I'm like, if you care about black lives and liberating black people, then my work is to never throw you under any buses. Right. I'm never going to do that to you. I'm right. not going to be someone who publicly holds you in that way. I'm going to be loving. That doesn't mean without accountability, right? Some of that love is going to look like accountability, but it's something I've been like learning in that movement space. And I feel like I'm trying to learn in every space that I'm in. It's like, Mm. oh, how can I really let love be the thing that guides my choices, right? Mm. Yes, Yes. girl. (laughs) So I wanted to say, I know that we should be wrapping up here. Mm -hmm. um, And I, but before we did that, I just wanted to take a moment for us to like offer the flood of gratitude <laughs> to all of the people. Um, and I was like looking right now to see <laughs> kind of we're at like 38,000 plays. Um, hold on just a second. Let me check again because it keeps going up every time I look away. 38,815 unique listens to the show, um, which is outrageous. Um Thank you all so much, all you humans who contributed to generating that number, which both in your own listening and also the, I mean, like so many of you have shared this out to people. We had folks suggesting us for end of the year list and all this stuff that was just like, what? We just, we only did like five little episodes. We are like, it just felt like so much love, right? It's so astounding. Like one of the other things that's been really powerful for us is um, the people who are supporting us through Patreon. Yes. The vast majority of the people who are supporting us via Patreon are people that we do not know personally. 
Exactly. We're just like, like who are these generous strangers? It's amazing. <laughs> it's really mm-hmm. amazing. And we just feel so like, and that, and like the money that we're getting through Patreon, like enables us to actually like, it, we're actually able to like pay for the operational costs of like doing something like this and exactly. pay, pay the musicians for their, for the use of their music. And I, ultimately when we get to enough money in the bank, we're actually going to be able to do a tour with the show, which is going to be pretty amazing. Um, so amazing. yeah. So and you just know, there's amazing. something down the line, which we were talking about, which is like, if we got to a certain amount, we might even be able to do the show every week, which could be, pretty exciting Um, but I think that that's still far off in the (laughs) 2019 2020 world but uh 2020 I'm just like 2020 in the future um but but, you know, we wanted to say thank you to the 51 people who have become patrons of this work. We love And you. then to all the people who have left reviews in all these different places, like all of the reviews, all of the donations, all of the support, all of the listens, like it just feels like there's been such a massive yes to what we're offering here. And so we just want to say thank you all so yeah, much from the bottom of our hearts. We, mm-hmm. we love you and we love you in like a very direct way relational energetic way we yes. hope you can feel the love <laughs> that we have right for you now. we're beaming it what's your love sound if you're- <laughs> that's my love that's sound. a good one mine is like <laughs> all right so all right well we're gonna have a great season two and we're so excited to be back. I'm excited to be back with you, Adrian. I know you're excited to be back with me. You know I'm um, excited to be back with you, girl. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our show. We are on Twitter and Instagram at End of the World PC. Don't get it twisted. We're also on Facebook at End of the World Show. You can also make a sustaining donation to our show by visiting our page at patreon.com slash End of the World Show. Um, It is really true that another thing that's really helpful that you can do to help us sustain the show is to write a review on Apple Podcasts if you're an iPhone person. Thank you for doing that. And How to Survive the End of the World is produced and edited by the incomparable and beloved Zach Rosen. Music for today's show comes from Tunde Alaniran and Blue Dot Sessions. Thanks for listening. Boyakasha. Boyakasha. <laughs> All right, let's stop recording. <laughs> All right. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>